Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here, checking out this uh, episode and the series. Uh, please hit the subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world. You can do it at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere that you like to get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Merritt. Today, I'm I'm going to be talking with a Volbeat frontman, Michael Polson, about their new record, Servant of the Mind. It's an album made after a, a prolific writing period during the first lockdown. Uh, the Danish artist uh, will be discussing the heaviness of the record, uh, what draws him to his dark lyrics, and taking some musical inspiration from Black Sabbath. Now, Polson's also going to tell us about the supernatural experiences he's had and how they made their way into this set, as well as covering the cramps version of Roy Orbison's Domino and Metallica's Don't Tread on Me for the Blacklist Collection, and what we might expect from their upcoming tour with Ghost. Let's do it. Talking Servant of the Mind, it's Kyle Meredith with Volbeat. Hey, how are you doing? Congratulations on Servant of the Mind. Uh, what a powerful and, and very fun record that you've made. Thank you so much. Thank you. I know it's probably the obvious question that you know a lot of artists are getting right now, and I'm going to go ahead and ask it. You know, This is an album that's, that's born during a lockdown, during the lockdown. And, and what, if any, what effect did that have on the songs and the, and the directions that you, that you took for this record? I'm not quite sure, but, you know, you can always try to analyze or think about it. But um, at the time when um, uh, the pandemic was bursting out, you know, we, we, we got a call from our management that uh, <clears throat> the tours that we were supposed to attend was... Um, 
was being cancelled and uh, because of the pandemic. And then, you know, we, we of course, everybody stayed at home. And then not long after, you know, we got a new call that everything was cancelled. Um, it seemed like the pandemic was getting worse and was going to continue. So I, I just out of nowhere, I kind of just said, you know what, I'm just going to sit down and make a new album. And the management was going, Perfect. That sounds like a great plan. And and I, I said, oh, wait a minute, what did I just say? Because it's suddenly it, it will become a very serious thing. You know, normally we will know exactly when to start writing a new album and start getting inspiration. And, and it, you know, it can easily take one and a half years to write an album because then you are on the road touring and you get home for a short while working a little bit and and you go to the rehearsal room. But this time it was like, you know what? I'm just going to see what what I got. And I, I just picked up the, the guitar and I was just, you know, exploding. And it, I don't know what, what happened, but, you know, most of the stuff came out really heavy. And I think it almost kind of felt like starting all over again because you know or you knew that, there was no way that you could get back on the road um, for a long time, and it was all. It felt like when you started, and you you just had yourself and your guitar in the rehearsal room, and there was no jobs because nobody knew who you were, and you were just having a lot of fun. And I did a lot of podcasts talking about my career, how I started playing death metal, and and how I started Volbeat, and. I think a lot of those um, interviews gave me inspiration for for the record, and uh, for some reason, you know, it just turned out heavy than than we've been in a very, very long time. It's probably, if you look at our most heavy album, um, so uh, it felt really good because we had so much fun, me and Casper and and John, uh, rehearsing those songs and. Um, we were only rehearsing twice a week, but every time we were rehearsing, I had a new song, and and the other guys were like, "What was what's happening? You 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 know you're on fire. So, you know there's nothing else to do. You know we can pretty much just have fun here in the rehearsal room, not think too much about anything else than just banging out these songs. And uh, you know before we knew, um, I've done writing the album in, in like three months with all the music and all and all the lyrics and um we just went in to Jacob Hansen to record a live demo of the record the, the live demo in the studio actually turned out to be really 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 good you know we could we could almost release it as a demo but and maybe we we, we will one day but um but we we uh decided to enter the studio again a little bit later and um we sent over them and we only used like two and a half week in the studio and normally you know uh, you can easily be in the studio for months but uh we're not really me and john and casper is not fan of being in the studio for for a long time not even in the rehearsal room well rob is totally opposite he can be in a in a studio in the rehearsal room his whole life and <laughs> And um, that's just his way of working. He like, you know, that's that's what he likes. But uh, I just like to take a few takes and then and then 
take the best take out of three, maybe because it it meets that energy and soul. And if you continue taking new takes, it's just it's draining you, and it becomes quite boring. I, I've never been striving for perfection because I don't believe in it, and I find it quite boring. Um, so suddenly we could just work like we actually did back in the days uh, with some of the first records, and that was actually writing really fast and recording really fast. Uh, there was not too many layers. It was just the guitars and, and, and bass and drums and, and my vocals. And uh, it went really fast. We, it, we kind of felt like starting all over again and being reborn. And, and it was almost like we asked ourselves, how did we want it both to sound like if this was supposed to be the first record? And uh, it, it turned out really great. And I remember when we were in the studio, even Jacob Hansen, our producer, said, this is totally, it feels like the beginning. And so, yeah, it totally does. We, we had so much fun doing it. But, you know, as he said, you guys, you, you know, you just, even though it has definitely uh, similarities to what you did in the beginning, you, you can hear you're better songwriters, you've been in the sessions, and, and it just turned out to be a really awesome record. We, we, we're really proud of it. We end up sending the material to New York to rob our guitar player and said, you know, we just, we just recorded a new album. We need some solos. And he was like, you, you did what? <laughs> yeah. You know, we didn't have any time to sit here and wait for you to be able to travel to Denmark. And then we thought, you know, then we don't have to be in the studio for five years because he likes to be in the studio for like forever. And uh, so he was uh, recording his um he was recording his solos in, in New York in another studio and um, it turned out really good. I think it's some of the best solos he ever done. And uh, so for some reason, it actually turned out really great the way we wrote and the way we were recording. I think it, it actually brought the best out of everybody in the band the way we did it. Well, you can you can hear that immediacy so much throughout the songs, and and of course, you know, like 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 usual, you know, you've got several styles kind of uh, playing together all over the album, and, and and the themes, you know, what you're singing about, and the songs, you know, kind of go in multiple directions. Although it's it's really fun to center in on those gothic and ghostly moments that that happen, and and knowing that you wrote all of this in one swoop, it, it seems like you know, for a lot of artists, that might put you on you know, taking from taking from similar parts. You know, drawing the water from the same well a little bit. Like when you're writing about witch burnings from the 1400s, is that centering in just on something from the past, or is that also sort of as a parallel to today as you're writing it? I think it's it's a mixture of both because it's like if I go back to when I was writing uh, my first band, Dominus, which were a death metal band. Of course, the subjects and the lyrics were a little bit more dark. And uh, it was also a time where I was definitely flirting around with a lot of dark elements and uh, also in my personal life. So it's, it, it was kind of, it was not only the music that kind of brought me back to being a young dude again. It was also in the way of, of writing, uh, but at the same time also having so much more experience with certain objects because I like to read and I read a lot on tours and uh, 
back in days, I always had books with me. Now you can, of course, read a lot of books on your iPad. So I always sit down and, and read history or whatever uh, gets my attention. So, and I've always been very much into, you know, history and uh, with outlaws and dark forces and, 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 and stuff like that. So it, it was quite easy for me to write those kind of uh, lyrics. And uh, the witch burning in Lassus Begitta is actually uh, a true story. It's the, it's the first witch burning that happened in Sweden. And I thought it really suited the track uh, because uh, you can hear on the track, it's, I know my inspiration was, was uh, old Black Sabbath with Ronnie James Dio and parts of it had also some inspiration from the time with Tony Martin and uh, I love Hitler's Cross and um, and Hitler's Cross has some really dark lyrics and and uh, I thought well if, if, if this has the inspiration from old Black Sabbath then you also need a lyric that, that suits the music and I was just nerding around all my notes uh, that I carry, and I could see that I've never uh, used <clears throat> the lyric that I was working on, uh, the Kicker. So I thought, you know, that's definitely a fit, and it worked out great. So uh, on this record, that's definitely some of the darkest lyrics I ever wrote, and at the same time, there's also a lot of light in them. There's a lot of hope. That's a lot of you know, positive energy, and um, that's, that's two things that goes hand in hand, and, and I think it uh, also really kind of explains the the album title as well, um, Servant of the Mind, because it's, uh, you know, from we wake up, we go through the day and get to sleep, and we're dreaming, our mindset can really take us some really dark places that we're not supposed to go or or dark moments in our life and other times it can take you beautiful places where it just you know really uh, embrace life and the light it, it can give you and uh, i think that's a good balance in in that in in the lyrics and at the same time i wanted to capture an album cover that kind of was a little bit creepy, but also had some great depth in it. So um, you, you, pretty, yeah, you see this guy on the front cover who pretty much takes off his own face because he wants to look into his own mindset and see what's going on. And uh, I kind of trying to put that down with the lyrics. And um, it turned out really good. You know, sometimes it can take you forever to sit down and and write lyrics and uh, for some reason it, it went quite fast just as the music so it, it's it's very spontaneous but it's spontaneous in a way where we are so proud and it was not like we, we, we didn't try to make it fast it was just the way it happened uh, sometimes you can sit and struggle a lot of times with writing both the music and the lyrics and, but this time it just went really, really fast. And uh, so it was like, I also think it's something to do with normally, as I said, it could easily take one and a half years to write an album. You'll you be touring and be back home and then you'll be touring again. And 
And while you're writing, you jump into those different bubbles of inspiration. And when you jump out of one bubble and you go on tour and you come home, it's not always easy to jump back into a bubble that you were working in two or three months earlier. It's like, no, I don't want to go there again. That's not where I'm at. That's not my mindset right now. Where this time, I just stayed in one bubble until I was done. And that that actually worked really well. So um, for me, it was... It was great just to stay at home, stay in one bubble right to the very end. And, you know, it, it, it turned out great. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Well, that that bubble, you know, as as I was talking on, especially just being able to write in that short amount of time and the way the songs work together in those stories. I mean, as we were talking about Witch Burnings for the 1400 and the parallel to today, you know, I I find that a little bit, or at least as a listener, I hear that a little bit maybe on The Devil Rages On because that's... That's a song for me that does arrive in the presence. Um, and maybe that's one of the darker moments that you're talking about. Like, is, are you able to find light, uh, you know, when you've got a title like that? Absolutely. It's, you know, it's just those kind of subjects and way of thinking has just been, you know, the part of my life since I was a young kid. You know, I've just always really been fascinated by uh, dark stuff, dark reading, or dark forces and spiritual stuff. It's it's always been a huge part of my life. So it's, and I just decided to leave some of it in the lyrics this time. And uh, because sometimes you have certain experiences in, in your life. I know that I had that seems a little bit out of this world because it's, it becomes a spiritual thing. And and I remember even as a kid having uh, some really strange experience um, that I couldn't explain. And, and I was trying to keep it for myself. You know, I was not, I think it was like 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. And and uh, the same moment you start talking about it with friends when you're just a young kid, they look at you as a freak. And so I... I, I, I didn't want to go uh, that path again because I was I just wanted to stay uh, like a normal kid. So I didn't say anything. And through through my whole adult adult life, you know, I, I experienced so many weird stuff, with, um, which I call uh, spiritual experiences. You know, every time I move into a new house, the first three months, there's a lot of strange things happening, and it's just so frustrating because I've been moving a lot and it's like I just know I think oh this is going to be a fucking nightmare the first three months and my fiance 
she said, well, what do you mean? She said, it's just weird thing. All weird things always happens when I moved into a new house. Mm-hmm. And when she started experiencing it too, you know, she got a little bit freaked out. So we actually have to call the media. We have to cleanse the house for two days. And, um, uh, the house seems fine now, and uh, it also has a really uh, scary story because the, the people who have been living in this house before, there was two guys, and uh, at that time, they, they ruled the whole city. You know, they owned every club in the city and every discotheque, and, and they were also dealing with, with some outlaw bikers and stuff, and... Um, um, one one of the the guys ended up killing the other one and actually um uh, <clears throat> what do you call it um to, you know uh removed all his body parts mm. and and buried him somewhere here in the city so there was a lot of rumors that he capitated the guy in this house but that's that's not really for real but this, this house has a lot of stories but the media told that every time that I move into a new house, I'll take uh, people with me, you know, like spirits, um, spirits that's not um, that's not aware of that they have to step over to the other side. So when I bring in these spirits in the in the new house, they have a conflict with the spirits that's already living in the house, and that's what's um, leaving all these things that happens while we, we live in the house. So um, we had, a, as I said, a media stepping into the house for two days to cleanse it. And uh, after the second day, everything got back to normal. And uh, my fiance, she's, she's more relaxed now because um, she never experienced anything like that until she met me and, and the media also told this is something that only happens when you're in the house. Your fiance doesn't have to be worried that it's happening when she's here alone with the kids or anything. It happens the same second you step into the house. Then there's a conflict in the spirit world and the house. So this media told me a lot of things since actually as experience that I had since I was a kid and that's no way you can know anything about it because I haven't told anybody about it. So she was, uh, she was the real deal, and uh, and it also expired, uh, inspired me to to write certain lyrics where I don't leave everything out on the table. You know, there's some few lines here and there in between uh, because it is quite personal. But it, it as I said, the dark thing has been around me for so many years. The media even told me that when I was 13, uh, a guy who died in a car crash uh, stepped into my body. His soul stepped into my body and I've been carrying around, carrying around with his soul for so many years that he's also been making a lot of noise. which totally makes sense because there's been certain times when, where I felt very confused about what was going on. So it's been quite interesting to have this media in the house for a few days. Yeah, and some people just more sensitive and more in tune to that uh, as yourself is. I'm sure yeah. that 
I'm sure to some point that is exhausting, but but I I, I will say uh, it has been interpreted to some fine art that you've made. So, um, you know, at least there's that silver lining that's a part of it all. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, I do want to quickly ask about uh, you know the couple of the covers at the uh, at the end of the record for the bonus versions. Um, specifically, you take on Roy Orbison's Domino uh, as the Cramps did before you. Uh, what what's what was uh, what was it about that one that spoke to you this time? Uh, it's it's just since I was very young and living at my parents' house, um, we've been listening to so many uh, different kind of music. My my, my parents also love uh, music from the fifties. That's where I got all my fifties stuff from. And I uh, discovered the Cramps. Of, you know, we had a, a little bit more thick twist to the rockabilly uh, stuff. Uh, so I guess that's why they call it psychobilly. But um, I was just always really happy about a lot of their songs and Domino was just of them. And I knew one day I wanted to cover one of their songs. And since we were really quick about recording the album in the studio, we, we had a few days left and we said, you know, let's just knock off some cover songs for the, the, the Lux edition of the record. And, um, and I just said, you know, guys, I got a got a cover of the Cram songs. I really would like to rehearse, and they were really excited about that too. Because they all liked the Cram, so that was an easy one. Um, I think we we end up putting three Cram's titles on the table, and we just choose Dominus to be the one that we wanted to record. And it was actually only a few days after that Casper said. Are you aware of that? It's actually the original Roy Orbison song because he's a real, uh, he's a big Roy Orbison fan. Mm. And I said, really? Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, wow. That, well, that's great too. <laughs> you know, Roy Orbison is quite cool. So, you know, so that, that turned out really good. Hey, did, um, I know the, uh, the Metallica cover didn't, isn't on the record. It, it was for the Blacklist tribute. Uh, you guys did Don't Tread on Me, but was that sort of recorded around all of this same time? Yeah, that was actually the last thing we did in the studio because while we were actually about to record cover songs because we record all the material for the album, our management called and and uh, asked us if if we wanted to be part of the uh, the anniversary album and said, you know, it's it's quite funny, you know, at, the, at this moment we're actually working on cover songs because all the all our own songs are already recorded, so. Uh, it was the right time, and uh, we said, you know, like, we'll think about it because it's, like, let's be honest, you know, it, it, it didn't make sense for us just to play a Metallica song the way that Metallica is playing it because that, that's when people would rather hear Metallica. So I told the other guys, you know, let's see if we can find a song on the album that we can give our own twist, you know, let's not. Let's not take one of the songs that are one of the huge hits because, you know, it's, I don't want to touch it. So um, when um, we heard Don't Trade On Me, I said, you know, I can totally, I can totally put a ball beat swing into to that song. And uh, I just went to the hotel and sit there for, for a couple of hours until I, I had the right version and we hooked up in the studio again and, and it turned out to be a really, really decent cover song. I love what you guys did with it, uh, and the Cramps covers too, and the other ones as well. Uh, I, and so I'll wrap this up. You're you're heading on a, a co-headlining tour next year with Ghost. Uh, 
Uh, do you find that there will be moments when you are able to bring these songs out? I mean, are you guys thinking about what that set list is going to look like? Of course, you know, at, at that time, the, the new record is going to be out. It's out the 3rd of December. So, of course, we will uh, be picking a good handful of songs from the new album. And uh, very soon, we will start rehearsing the set for for the U.S. tour. So, it, the only problem is going to be is like uh, which ones to pick because we want to play the, the whole record. But I guess there will be shows where we play a certain amount um, of songs from a new record and then the next night we'll play some other songs from the record so we actually end up playing all of them. Um, so yeah, let's see. Well, I look forward to definitely catching one of those shows. And, and Michael, in the meantime, Servant of the Mind is, is so it's so great what you guys are doing. So uh, thanks for continuing to do what you do. And, and thanks for taking the time to talk about it thank today. You. It's been really great. You're very welcome, and thank you for the great compliments. Uh, and yeah, have a good day. Big old thanks to Michael Polzin. Volbeats, the new record, is called Servant of the Mind. Big thanks to you as well for uh, checking out the episode in the series. Uh, hit the subscribe button before you get out of here to keep up with uh, all the interviews. Three brand new interviews every single week wherever you get podcasts from. That does include YouTube for the video versions as well. After that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. That's Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots. That includes uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. And uh, I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Hey there, it's Kyle Meredith from Kyle Meredith With. After you check out the latest episode of my show, uh, be sure to check out some of our other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including Standing BTS, a bi-weekly podcast covering all things BTS and ARMY, and The Opus, Consequence's original documentary podcast exploring legendary albums and their lasting legacies. So head to Consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.